episode 317 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play the game of magic, whether you're sitting at home and jamming some arena, you're around a table at your local game store with a couple of friends, you're heading on down to FNM, or you know you're buckling up for a Grand Prix. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. <laughs> I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we are getting ready for Mythic Championship Cleveland, the first ever Mythic Championship. It's just a pro tour, everybody. Don't that's freak out. That's right. It's <laughs> it's as though it simply changed its name, yes. which is actually all that it did. It, it also added a Grand Prix onto itself. Oh, that's right. Like a little barnacle attached to a giant ship. Oh, or like a, a whale. In a cute way, everybody. Not a whale attached to a ship, a barnacle. <laughs> That would be really cute, Can though. Can you imagine if a, if there was a giant whale that was also like those, like the the sucker fish on the side of um, aquarium? It just sucked itself onto ships? But it was whale-sized. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> that is kind of spooky, right? I like it. I, it makes me think of the sea whales from uh, from Doctor Who. Sea whales? Or space whales is I what I mean. I was say, Maria, like, like a, I'm pretty sure they're all whales. sea whales. Space whales. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we're getting ready for the Pro Tour slash Mythic Championship, whatever the heck you want to call it, on this week's episode by giving you a preview of everything that's going to go down. We're going to talk about draft. We're going to talk about standard. We're going to play fantasy draft. We're going to yes. with, with the players, that is. Yes. And the cards that are going to be in the tournament. Yes. And we're going to talk to somebody who's actually going to go there and play. Who's that? That's Amateur Pro Greg. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. You're back on the show. You've been on a few times. I am back. This is my uh, third pre-Pro Tour episode because it's my third time going to the Pro Tour. Oh, congratulations. Which is shocking and uh, unbelievable. It's not it's not really that unbelievable. You're yeah. good at magic. Wow, you thanks. practice a lot. Wow. That's I yeah, I do my best. <laughs> but before we start our show and get into all of that, but by the way, we're going to talk about War of the Spark 2 because Ooh. that trailer was something else. That one is exciting. We're going to tell you thank you, everybody, for being a supporter of the show on Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. This is Pro Tour Pledge <laughs> Pro Tour Pledge Drive, Patreon Pledge Drive Month here at GLH5. That's right. Um, that has a couple of different things that go along with it. First off, you can give us a call at 612-FOSSILS. This is a real that's, thing, by the that's way. FOSSILS with a Z. People think we're kidding. We're not kidding. F-O-S-S-I-L-Z, 612-FOSSILS, and leave us a message um, like this one. Right here. Hi, Megan Maria. Um, my name is Audrey. I've been a supporter of the podcast for a couple years at this point, and I'm just calling for a couple of reasons. First of all, I would like to be your friend because you're both so cool, and I really, really love your podcast and everything you do. And all I want is to meet you at GP, and I haven't had a chance yet, so please keep going to GPs, or maybe I'll just come to Minnesota and like knock on your office. I won't do that. That's weird. Second thing is. I used to be a squirrel patron, and now I'm just doing $1 a month because I recently started going to grad school. And even though I couldn't do the $5 a month, it's still so important that I still support the podcast because I really do love everything you do. So, I mean, if I'm in grad school and I can do $1 a month, there's probably a lot of listeners there out there who can do a lot more. So I really hope more people support you because I'd love to just continue seeing what you bring to the magic community. So... Hope you can get lots of people to high five you. Have a great day. Wow, what a that's, great message. That's so nice. So nice. Um, so if you if you want to give us a call, we love hearing from people. It's one of my favorite parts of Pledge Drive Month. Oh, absolutely. This month, we also have a, an exclusive offer. If you become a patron or you up your pledge amount, then you will get a special pair of Megan and Maria tokens. They're double-sided. They are super cute. We love them. Yeah, they're great. Um, we're, we're so, so happy with them. And we just got an email from Card Kingdom today who's helping us with the printing process that they are printed. They're being printed. They are printed. They will be in Seattle in just a couple of days. And yeah. then they'll be here with us and on their way to you. So uh, we've mentioned on this on a past couple of episodes that we could really use your financial help in this time. So becoming a patron right now means so, so, so much to us. So thank you to everybody who's joined the family. And if you're even considering it like at the 1% level, perhaps you should go for it. Yeah. And speaking of Card Kingdom, big shout out to them for being the sponsor of the show. They're awesome. Cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. Use that link for anything you want to buy from the store. Yeah. Anything at all. Anything Dice, at all. Cards, singles, boxes, sleeves, deck boxes, other boxes. 
Just boxes. Just boxes in general. Boxes with games inside them that aren't magic because that's a thing that they have. They have all of that. Yeah, they do. Um, they're so great. And they just had a little video released for Valentine's Day talking about why all the creators that they sponsor love magic. Check that out. If you haven't we retweeted it, we do make a cameo. I yeah, will we say do. that. Um, but it just goes to show that they're helping support the community by supporting all these awesome creators, us included. And so, like, let's go out and show them some love, too. So head over to yeah. carkey.com slash GLHF if you need anything in your magical life. By the way, our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash GLHF Board Games, dropped a new review today. (laughs) Cosmic Run. (laughs) Thank you for that sound effect, Megan. Yeah, no problem. That's definitely what it sounds like when we drop Uh, board game reviews. (laughs) If you've ever, you know, just like like fumbled a little bit with a board game and it's hit the floor, you know that that's the sound that it makes. Yeah, It's a super cool channel. New reviews every single week. We've got some hot new games coming on the next few weeks. That's right. Next week is the expansion for Railroad Rivals. Ooh, nice. And the following week, we do a little bit of a playthrough of Wingspan. So good. Which is gorgeous and a ton of fun. Yeah. So if you're not following that Board Games channel, get on over there and hit the sub button. You don't want to miss those reviews. I think they're really great. Yeah. I know that we're telling you about a lot of stuff right now, but also if you haven't seen it, last week we posted <laughs> against anyone's better judgment, probably. <laughs> A video of us doing a Ravnica yeah. Allegiance box opening. This is the best video on the internet. <laughs> no hyperbole here. No wow, bully. That this is, is a statement. Amazing. I was sitting at my desk at work and I was just losing Ooh. it watching it. And all my office mates turned to me and like, Greg, what are you doing? And I had to confess that I wasn't doing work because I just couldn't stop laughing. In the and past. It's a long video and it doesn't get old. In the past, we got eaten for hot me. chips um, as part of our box openings. But this month, some oh. idiot was like, what if we used marshmallows? And we just had to put them in our mouths it's while a, we opened the box. It sounds... Great, it's better than it sounds. Oh, boy. Just, Thanks, oh, Greg. Man. As an experience, it wasn't. It was, was terrible. It was. Honestly, something I'll never be able to forget. Hey, if you want to watch <laughs> us in object terror and horror and being tortured by marshmallows. Did you just say object terror? <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not abject terror because it's object terror because we're afraid of an object, the object <laughs> being the marshmallow. <laughs> object terror. <laughs> Is my new favorite phrase. <laughs> Just go to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash good luck high five. Just here in object terror. <laughs> off with our predictions and first thoughts from seeing the War of the Spark preview trailer. Oh, that's right. In case you haven't seen it yet, um, it pans around this tower with 36, I believe is the number, stained glass windows featuring all of the planeswalkers that we know. Um, And then we go inside and there's a giant candle chandelier. Candelier, if you will. Which is not (laughs) safe. I just want to put that out there. Not safe for your home. But very cool in the video, and the candles one by one go out till there's just one remaining. Oh, and the smoke rising from the last candle is the horns of Nicobolus. So, Greg, what do you think? I just want to say that I think this trailer is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best trailers that they've ever made. I think it's not, some of them are so cheesy. Yeah. No offense, but as someone who like knows what's going on pretty well, there's like this kind of like weird card animation that looks a little off with like a weird voiceover of like, the gruel are the guild that attack everything and you're like okay <laughs> well, like, this was like eerie and cryptic and like simultaneously told me nothing about the set but got me incredibly hyped about the set uh i am so excited to play it i'm really i don't normally care about the story but i'm really curious to see what actually happens wow um, and so this trailer really did it for me i saw some people criticizing it online and i have no idea what they were thinking about because i think this trailer was beautiful and the best trailer they've ever done Maria. Yeah, I have the exact same thoughts as Greg. I thought it was wonderfully done in the past. Yeah, I felt like the trailers were a little bit on the budget side. Well, maybe they weren't cheap, but they came across a little bit that way, I think. A little bit um, campy, if you will. Um, This was wonderful. It looked like it could have been for a film like the next Harry Potter movie, something like that. (laughs) 
the 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 beautiful Harry Potter glass. and the War of the Spikes. I mean, seriously, it looked like we were going into Hogwarts. It did. But the the stained glass planeswalkers on the windows really hyped. We've talked a little bit about like, oh, maybe this set will have more planeswalkers than usual. Maybe there'll be a planeswalker in every pack. Is a prediction we threw out there. That was at like a lower power level. Maybe we'll see that art on the cards. That's my big fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. So I saw a thing that someone uh, asked Mark Ro- asked Mark Rosewater about this, and he said that the stained glass art is from the set, but it got like stained glassified. So in the set, it doesn't appear like stained oh, glass art. Drat. Okay. Uh, which is really sad. I think a masterpiece series of the stained glass oh, art would have been beautiful, beautiful and amazing. But oh. it sounds like that's not happening. But it does sound like all that art is from the set. Um, I think a lot of people are thinking there might be 30 plus planeswalkers in the set. I am skeptical of this. Um, what a design challenge. I mean, exactly. seriously. Mark Ros- Rosewater always talks about how the design space for planeswalkers is so limited, which is one of the reasons they only do two to three per set, because they like can only do so much cool stuff on planeswalkers. If they were to have to make 30 plus planeswalkers for this set... Yeah, but what that. would that mean? Say you had to do that. What yeah, would that mean? that's true. Restrictions do breed creativity, as he likes to say. They'd probably <laughs> have to make some sweet planeswalkers, maybe some at rare, maybe even some at uncommon. And he has said on his blog before that a shift, downshift in rarity for planeswalkers is not an if, but a when. That is a good point. He has said that. So I don't know. And I, I, I could see it going either way. I could see them happening. I could see them not happening. Like all the planeswalkers, that is. I could see them as legendary creatures because they lost their spark. I was going to oh, say, that's yeah. my prediction, is that we're going to see some iconic planeswalkers who travel to Ravnica to try and help with whatever is going on or fight on either side and then lose their sparks and we see them as creatures. I think the idea is that they're getting drawn to Ravnica. <gasps> that's why they're they just all get there. Pulled there. Yeah, some sort of vacuum. Cool. A, like, magnet. a magical vacuum. Ma- ma- yeah, the think- whatchamacallit call it the, that um tezzeret made the the thing the planar bridge the thing that almost, the planar bridge well yes. isn't the point of the planar bridge that it can bring all the amonkhet zombies to the plane but what if it also helps or the immortal the sun? immortal sun is what traps yeah. them there see it's like this is i think they've done a good job yeah. setting this up the other thing about, about the story now yeah the other thing about the trailer that i liked is it felt full of easter eggs like, it felt like I didn't get everything, but once I know the War and the Spark, tra- like, what happens, I'll go back and watch the trailer and be like, oh, like, this was referencing this. Like, it was a little, like, cryptic and mysterious. And yeah. I-, I feel like I haven't, we haven't fully figured it out. Megan, let's talk a little bit more about the candelier and the one flame yes. left at the end. What does this mean to you? Okay, so we've speculated that it means that there will only be one planeswalker left. Yeah. You believe it is Nicol Bolas. I do. You I think, think that he notably, is going to snuff out everyone else's sparks. Notably, there's one candle in the middle that's like bigger than all the rest. Exactly. And, and that that's is not, not the, the one. one that survives. See, I agree oh, with Greg. Because okay. as I was watching them all go out, I was waiting for oh. it to be that big one in the center that stayed. But that one got snuffed out, too. OK, well, if they're all snuffed and one is left, who's who's the unsnuffed? Uh, ooh, wow. Isn't it? Just the question. This is the question. The question. Jace, probably. Right? <laughs> it's sorry. Got, it's got to be Jace. I'm sorry, but it has to be, right? Yeah. Why? He's Why does the, it have to be? He's the Mickey Mouse of magic. He's the main character. <laughs> he can go. He has more plot armor <laughs> than Mickey any Mouse. other character. I think that everyone who follows anything Disney would agree with me here. Mickey Mouse can die. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hot take, hot take. Okay, I think, so one big question for me coming into War of the Spark uh-huh. is, is Nicol Bolas going to win or is Nicol Bolas going to lose? That's the really big question. Because yes. if, he, if he loses, it's like, okay, there have been like four sets, four blocks of lead up towards this battle. All of Ixlan, all of Amonkhet, all of Kaladesh was building up towards this battle. And now like for him to come in the Gatewatch to just be like, we're the Gatewatch, oh, uh, you lose, would be really disappointing in yeah. my opinion. If Nicol Bolas wins, that's sweet. I that think. would be really sweet. But what would it mean for magic going forward? It would if mean there's all no of more our planeswalkers. All of our beloved characters and our favorite card type of planeswalker, or many people's favorite card type, is trapped on Ravnica. So, like, that's maybe bad. So, what if maybe, like, one person, say Jace, escapes? Here's my thought. Okay. Go. Um, one, I, I was thinking about 
one of like the philosophical questions that this trailer made me think of is like, where do sparks come from? Yeah. Right? Because we don't know that, right? I mean, they've taught like we get the stories of how sparks are ignited under great pressure. Yeah. Um, when when Much things like happen. A diamond. Exactly. <laughs> sparks are the diamonds of minerals. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, yeah, diamonds are the planes, right. water sparks, and minerals. Okay, moving on. Um, but still, it we we don't really know where does it come from. Is it something that is always in a person and is waiting to ignite, and like everyone has one, and some people will just never ignite? Is it that only some people have them? Is it something that like maybe they came into contact with something at some point and that's how they got it? Doesn't isn't this what like original Mirrodin was about? Because there was that goblin Slobad who like gained a spark for like 30 seconds they like tried to create an artificial like memnark big bad memnark like tried to create an artificial spark and like put it in slow bad and he was a planeswalker for like 30 seconds and then i actually don't know what ended up happening oh um, yeah but i think they like tried to make an artificial spark and it didn't work out exactly so, like alchemy but that yeah. doesn't answer where it comes from i think you're just born with it I think it's Maybe. like the midi chlorians. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, we're going down a deep, oh, dark man. rabbit hole here. Okay. But. <laughs> With a bad movie at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was thinking about how you all remember when Chandra killed two of the three Titans um, back in battle for Zendikar. Yep. Yes. And she did that by channeling like other planeswalkers mana, right? So part of me is thinking about we look at War of the Spark and that sounds like other like planeswalkers are getting their snuffed out. But what if what happens is that a bunch of planeswalkers sacrifice their sparks so that yeah. one other planeswalker has the ability to fight Nicol Bolas? Wow. Ooh, that's a great thought. And as cool as it would be to be someone we knew, what if it was someone random? Yes. What if it was like Arlen Cord? I would and like love Arlen if it Cord was Arlen shows Cord. up and they're like, Arlen Cord, <laughs> I know we haven't seen you for four years, but you're our only hope. Arlen Cord, you are the new together. Mickey you're Mouse the new of Jace. magic. You're the new Jace. Here's your crown. I would love it if I Arlen Cord was the new I think that would be Jace. very cool, but yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. But I do think it would be cool. Here's my Hashtag question. Team Arlen. Can we yeah. get Elspeth back? Can Elspeth <laughs> Die to Elspeth get, would be great to get Maybe back to Ravnica. Everyone loses their spark, and then Elspeth back on Theros somehow comes back from the underworld, and she's the only planeswalker <gasps> who can save the day. I would love that. So I would then love she that. somehow learns about this, travels to Ravnica, and has to single handedly free all the planeswalkers and take down Nicol Bolas. Wow. But they all lose or sacrifice their sparks in the process. So, next set that comes out, the only planeswalker that exists is Elspeth. And like, we just have to play normal old school versions of magic but also if we're talking about where sparks come from i mean if if planeswalker sparks are getting extinguished is is extinguishing the source of all sparks or is it just the sparks that have been ignited up until now and we will get more sparks in the future yeah unknown i think about that there's a lot of questions a lot of speculation out there yes you should if you have a planeswalker that you want to take down nickel bolus in the end to be the one survivor you can tweet at glhf magic hashtag team whatever your planeswalker is i love it so we yes. can get some hashtag team arland hashtag team elspeth hashtag team tibbles okay everyone pick your hashtag oh, team right okay, now okay, each okay, of okay. us Wow, we've got a there's a Hashtag there's 36. Hot take, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna get a lot of heat for that. Uh, um who's I, am, I my favorite planeswalker has always been Elspeth. And this story that Elspeth. we told of Elspeth coming back and winning yeah. the day just like filled me with so much hope. And so I am gonna be on hashtag team Elspeth. I think it's a stretch, but I love the narrative we just spun. I yeah. think no matter what, that narrative is gonna be the best thing that comes out of this. <laughs> yeah. This one we just made up. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Maria. Uh, well, uh, Liliana is my favorite planeswalker. I love her backstory and I love her deal with the with you know selling her soul essentially to try and uh, to all of these demons and trying to fight her way through that. And she just wanted to save her brother, and in fact, she just doomed him. I think that's pretty cool. Um, however, I don't think she'll be chosen. <laughs> I don't know. She's gotten a lot of character development in the story recently, and yeah. they put a lot of effort into her character. So we could see that pay off. And she's been like switching sides a bunch. So it'd be interesting if like she was the one left and she had to pick her side at the end of the day. And you know what? I do love her and I feel that she has so much good in her that is kind of glossed over in the story because the reason for her, you know, turn or whatever was from a good reason. Yeah. And for trying to save her brother's life. So I would love to see her come back over into kind of being, 
you know, good again. That's never going to happen. Anyway, I'll be uh-huh. hashtag Team Liliana. And we know Megan's on Team Jace, so. <laughs> <laughs> so just pack it in. Just pack it in. I'm sorry for what I said about Mickey Mouse earlier. Everyone. <laughs> I just want to go back and apologize for that. Anyways, I do love blue. So I'm going to be hashtag. Here's here's my deep cut. Ooh, deep cut. Team Tamio. Oh, oh Tamio. Hashtag oh, Team Tamio. She's so good. She's just a little researcher. Yeah. Doing her good research. Yeah. You know, I would, I, I would like also Tamio. love to watch that. Yeah. Also, well, before we end this Planeswalker conversation, yeah. the, the elephant in the room, how weird would like limited be if there were just a million Planeswalkers all around? It would be, be so, so weird. Strange. What an odd set. And, and like, it would not be a good introductory it would be set. Very weird. You would not want to start playing Magic during no. that set. Yeah. And no. usually like, don't they make a lot of money off people being like, I really want a Planeswalker. I'm going to open packs until I get one. And then you yeah. just get some and underpowered just, like, rare Planeswalker. One, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It would be so weird. The board states would be super confusing. That's why I, d- I don't think that it's going to happen. I like what we landed on of us seeing legendary creatures. Yeah. I that like that too. Once Planeswalkers. That would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Someone was saying there could be like they could undo the flip cards. It used to be legendary creatures that flip into planeswalkers, but now they could be planeswalkers who lose their spark and, and flip. flip into legendary Ooh, creatures. Oh yeah, I like, like that. Like the um the Garrick once upon a time that was a flip card planeswalker on both sides, and it was once his loyalty went below a certain level. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, I think we've solved it, everyone. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely, <laughs> definitely solved it. I yeah, I'm super excited to see Hashtag what happens. Team Tibbles. By the way, speaking of this, I just really want to quickly want to get your thoughts, Greg, on a pre-release Grand Prix for um, Mythic Championship London. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't heard, uh, they've announced that for Mythic Championship London, there it's going to be a pre-release Grand Prix, which has a lot of connotations, and I've seen some people frustrated about it. But I have to say, as someone who my two favorite tournaments are limited Grand Prix and pre-releases, I am beyond excited for Mythic Championship It's like London. your birthday. It's exactly. And like, I was, I'm not queued for the uh, Mythic Championship there, but all of my close friends are. So I was already thinking of going so I could just be there with my friends and play in the GP. But now it's a cool, unique GP that puts together two things that I love. I am so excited to go to London, even if I don't end up qualifying for the Pro Tour. Yeah, just nice. sitting down, pre-release, crack the packs. What are you going to get? Yeah, who knows? And like, if you make the top eight draft, that's going to be the weirdest draft ever. That's true. Because you know it has such huge stakes and no one's ever drafted it before <laughs> what's very cool what 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 you will what? be able to draft it for a couple of days on arena that's true so you'll you, have that we'll have some maybe some arena draft they did say yeah. it will be come out uh two days before the pre-release the same wow. as this last set did and if you didn't know that news you must not be listening to the upkeep that's right which is good luck high fives hot news show that comes out every monday 10 minutes or less we give you all the mtg news you need to know and there's even now an alexa skill for yes. it yes um thanks to a really wonderful listener who went out of their way to make it you can add it uh and it will be part of your morning update every morning pretty cool not every wow. morning but when there's a new one when there's a new one every, every morning every i'll just play you the same 10 minutes <laughs> only on the mondays everyone or excuse me it'll be tuesday morning so yeah. only when there's a new one when you ask for your morning flash briefing So let's talk about Mythic Championship Cleveland. Amateur pro Greg once again qualified for this event. And we're going to start things off with draft because that's how Mythic Championship Cleveland's going to start off in the morning. Draft. That's true. First thing in the morning, three uh, draft with three rounds of play with your draft deck. Um, so if you're looking forward to watching some limited, you should tune in uh, early in the morning. Um, this draft format, I think, is a, a lot sweeter than the last one. Um, Guilds of Ravnica was not a favorite of a lot of people um, because of the color imbalances. Um, I think Ravnica Legion still has this problem a little bit um, where the Esper colors really run away with the format. I think Azorius and Orzov are clearly the two best decks, and Esper might be the third best deck (laughs) where you get to combine the two. Um, But unlike Guilds of Ravnica... Okay, in Guilds of Ravnica, I saw very, very few playable green decks. And I think that was the biggest problem. Here, I'm saying that Esper is the, are the best colors, but the other guilds are still playable. Sometimes and like, you can you, still put together yeah. competent Rakdos decks or competent Simic decks. And sometimes... <laughs> These decks are sentient. <laughs> sometimes people, competent. so many people are fighting over the Esper cards that you're like the only person playing Simic or Rakdos, and then your deck's 
really good. There are some Rakdos decks that have definitely just run me oh, over. Yeah. Absolutely. And in Guilds of Ravnica, when this happened and you were the only Golgari drafter, your deck wasn't actually that good. It was like, what? okay. Hard disagree. Mm. There were, especially later on in the format, and we're talking about Arena, and, but this is even at the point right where they had shifted the bots a little bit away yeah um from some of like the celestia and golgari decks there were golgari decks that i easily 7-0 or 7-1 wow. with um because you could just get you like the rhizome lurchers and stuff like that you could make into giant creatures as early as turn four um and the same thing uh toby henke who writes for channel fireball and kind of has a similar approach uh to things in the way kind of that frank carson does where he's a mathematics person he grinds a lot of numbers but he tends to focus a little bit more on limited um did he look he did basically a really long analysis of exactly how many people needed to be like if you were the only person drafting Celestia, could you win? And his answer was that, like, yes. Unfortunately, the answer didn't need to be you had to be the only person drafting Celestia, but if I'm just were. saying that the numbers are there that say if you were the only person drafting Golgari or Celestia, you could end up with a great deck. But so if, it was if not as good. you're the only one, you could end up with a good deck, is the yeah. hot take by Megan. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'm just saying that, like, I don't know. For me, it's... I. I agreed at the beginning of guilds that it certainly felt like there were stronger, stronger color pairs, but I felt like I hit a point, especially with Golgari, where I learned to draft the Golgari deck. And oh, yeah. after, at nobody point, had any clue how to do it at the exactly, beginning. And the answer was that you didn't want actually the good kill spells or anything. No, you just wanted to draft every single Molder Hulk and Rhizome Lurcher and even erstwhile trooper that you could. Um, so that's my, that's my argument for that. Right. Sorry, R that was a tangent. Now we're talking I, about I think allegiance. what you're going <laughs> to see at the Mythic Championship, if I had to guess, is a lot of good Esper decks, um, with a couple like really, really nice looking Simic and Rakdos decks at the top tables, because those people really correctly navigated their draft and found their way into those underrepresented guilds. Um, exactly what those look like. Um, I think the Gruul decks really should be relying on Savage Smash, is a card that I've been really impressed with. By um, the way, the Gruul deck is consistently rated as the, the least favorable deck to draft right. in this format. But I will say that when it wins, it wins, I think, from having a good curve. Yep. And as you said, Savage Smash. Like but if they curve drop two, into three, Savage three, Smash, four, yeah. into like Frenzied Eryx and other 4-4s four and just big creatures with haste or, riot or plus one, plus one counters, and I think is what you want to be doing. Um, Simic feels really like tempo-y I think like I think applied biomancy the bounce spell that can give something plus one plus one is your best card and you want to be leveraging that as best you can um, and then Rakdos honestly I don't have much experience with good Rakdos decks but I know that they exist I'm going to um, say two drops two drops two drops Rakdos Trumpeter Rakdos Trumpeter Rakdos Trumpeter into ill-gotten inheritance oh yeah that one's nice yeah also Blade Juggler is a messed up card. It's so good. So really good. good. Very good. Splash for it. Yeah, probably. Wow. And those Esper decks. That. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens with gate decks at the Pro Tour because the gate decks are busted, but everyone knows they're busted. And it's like people are going to be taking gate payoffs really highly to try to get into the gate decks. And so I think they're all going to disappear really quickly. And then I think it's going to be really hard to get like more than one or two payoffs for the gate deck. And so I wouldn't be surprised if it's a lot harder to draft at the Mythic Championship than, say, like on Arena. How um, soon are you taking a gate are you, are you starting off, you're like, I'm taking Gates of Blaze, I'm taking Gate Colossus. I think if I start my draft with Gates of Blaze, Gatebreaker Ram, or Gate Colossus, I'm pretty happy about that start. Um, I think that Gates are reasonably high picks, actually, especially the Esper-colored ones, just because they, like, keep you... They're, they're, like, a good card to have in your Esper-colored deck, and then they also keep open the Gate payoffs. Um, I think they're all, like, reasonable, like, mid-tier picks, like... Not above the best commons, but like above filler and even like playable level commons. Follow up question. Yeah. Do you put your gate colossus in your regular draft deck? I would. You've got three gates? No. Four gates. Uh, <laughs> depends how bad my 23rd card is. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I think definitely like five gates is where I want to be, five or more. Okay, but. great. Wow. Excellent analysis, Greg. Yeah. So. So you're going to be in Esper Colors. Everybody watch out for that at his table. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people will be looking to be in Esper Colors. This has been my experience, too. Exact same thing. 
um, Esper being the strongest color combos that you can draft. And uh, I just want to say one more thing about Ilgon Inheritance. I mean, people have been talking about this card for a while. It's, like, so good. How many is the top limit of what you would put in your deck? It depends what your deck's trying to do. Um, I think if you're an aggressive deck using Ilgotten Inheritance as your top end, I think you can play a bunch. Um, I think if you're a controlling deck that's using Ilgotten Inheritance as your win condition, I think I don't want more than one. Ooh. Maybe two. Two. Two at least. <laughs> Come on. Two, two if at I like least. don't have other good win conditions. Uh. But I'm like, yeah. I don't know, because sometimes you're the control deck and you're like not doing much, and you play Ilgotten Inheritance on four, and they play like a four-four for four. That's like, true. And you just kind of lose. Where if you're you the aggro deck, doing like other good things with your deck. Right, for sure. Um, but like if you're the control deck and you're already behind early in the game, Ilgotten Inheritance doesn't catch you up. Now, if I was the control deck and I knew I was playing a grindy mirror, I would bring in infinite Ilgotten Inheritance <laughs> into my deck. I'd play like four yeah. or six. I, I don't played know. a match the other day where my opponent had three in their deck and I had two. <laughs> oh, beautiful. It was a wow. mess. Beautiful. <laughs> the most I faced down is three, but we've said on the show before that people have admitted Shaheen Sarani, I think, said he played five. Wow. Yeah. I wonder, do you know if that was a more aggressive deck or a more controlling deck? Don't know. Deck? Don't okay. know. Um, Shaheen Sarani, probably, probably control. control. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Um, I should say, by the way, I feel like a little weird spouting all these opinions. Like, not all of which are mine. I've just had a lot of people talk to me about this format. And overall, I'm kind of synthesizing things that the friends and teammates have told me. Um, so I, I'm only like, I'm not as many drafts in as I'd like to be. But uh, this is kind of what, what a lot of smart people have told me. Um, and I think that's a big part of being at the Pro Tour. You don't have enough time to test draft and all the standard decks you want to try and all the matchups you want to try. So you have to test what you can and then talk around and see what other people have tested and try to glean information from them. What so. do you think the best common is? Say you open your pack, you're sitting there at the Pro Tour, and it, the rare sucks, the uncommon suck. What do you want? What are you hoping for your So So uh, in power level, it's skewer the critics. Um, but red is maybe the worst color. Um, so then it's either grotesque demise or honestly, blade juggler. Wow. Um, I think are the two best commons. And I'd like to say I'd take grotesque demise, but I've just, my experience with blade juggler has been so good. And every time someone talks about it, they talk about how amazing it is. And so I think given the choice of those three commons, I would probably take the blade. Wow. Juggler. Wow. Awesome. I mean, every time my opponent plays it, I'm like, that's bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. Uh, it's, that's bad news for me. Especially when they also play a skewer the critics and then a blade juggler, and then yeah. you're just like, I think I lose. Yep. <laughs> I have lost this game. <laughs> this game has sailed away. Yep. Single tier so. <laughs> down the face. But if you took Grotestomize or Skewer the Critics over Blade Juggler, I wouldn't like judge you. I wouldn't be like, you're wrong. You know? <laughs> like that is a reasonable choice that you made. Uh, but I think I would take Blade Juggler as the top yeah. comment. So. Awesome. <laughs> Guess what? It's time to say thank you to Ultra Pro for being an awesome sponsor of our Ultra Show. That's right. I'm uh, sitting here with the Alcove Tower, which is a deck box that they offer. This one has like a, this cool corkboard finish on it. It's really neat. And the way this one opens is it's like a full... It, all the oh, way. All Look the at way. This. Look at this. It opens all the way to reveal oh, a secret like dice hole. Secret compartment. That's right. Compartment. Um, three sides of it unfold, and then there's like a little hidden dra dice drawer. Um, plus this great, like, I love how there's an easy way to grab your deck out of here. It'll fit um, up to 100 double-sleeved cards. Nice. Wow. Which is just incredible. More cards than we can reasonably shuffle, Maria and I. Yes, that is accurate. <laughs> That's why we don't play We've Commander. We've talked about it before, but why... Uh, why we do not always play commander it is because the shuffling is difficult but it is not difficult for this deck box to no, handle it no. and this is only one of the many cool things we have we can't stop talking yeah. about that guild art sleeve so, they're so beautiful they're incredible they just look so good i love playing with them anytime i see like i'll be playing with my own guild sleeves and i'll see someone else across me with the, a different set I'm of like, guild ooh. sleeves and like i'm jealous you're in that, that moment meme. you're that meme you're that guy 
Which you know, guy? Whose girlfriend is like, what? And then yes. he's looking at the other girl. That's what yes. it is. That's I am that meme. And it, but they're both just guild sleeves. Yeah, yeah. They're both just different guild sleeves. Uh, on YouTube, somebody asked us, do you have a recommendation for a good playmat to use for my elves deck? And I found a beautiful forest playmat on Ultra yes. website. So you can just go in there and type in whatever kind of deck you have. They're going to have a playmat for it. Uh, UltraPro.com and uh, Carkino.com slash GLHF also stocks a lot of their stuff too. I'm going to go make that meme now though. It's just... <laughs> It's me, and it's gonna be like my my guild yes. sleeves and your guild sleeves. <laughs> what do you think about guild sleeve honesty? Like, if I'm playing a gruel deck, oh, I, I feel like I'm you can do whatever it up you with want. Like Simic sleeves or like it's Azuria just, sleeves. It's just person to person. Yeah. Okay, do All right. whatever you want. All right. Do you when you're playing against someone with say Azurius no, sleeves? No, you can't do you trust. Think they're on Azurius. No. Don't trust them. Like if you kept a seven card hand, it would be really good unless they're playing Azurius. No, would no. This factor no. into your decision. No. Okay. Trust okay. no one. Okay. Trust no one. Let's talk standard. Yeah. Okay, so Greg, you've been on a long journey of testing decks for Mythic Championship Cleveland. What have you come up with? I have. That is accurate. Um, I plan. Wait, I last time I wasn't willing to say it on the podcast. That's right. I guess maybe I should. It's up to you, Greg. Mm, okay. You can make your own decision. Let, let me tell you about the story of how I landed on my deck list, okay. and then I think you'll be able to guess it. Um, so last Pro Tour, the last Pro Tour, I was like very busy in life. I, I had a lot of stuff going on and almost no time to prepare. And the Friday before the Pro Tour, I had this total like freak out at work <laughs> where I was just like, what am I doing here at work? Like I get to go to the Pro Tour and I haven't played like a single match of standard. Like what am I doing? I need to practice and find a deck. And I was incredibly stressed out. And my good friend who uh, we worked together, Matt Sikic Johnson, fellow pirate boy, like listened to me freaking out and was like, do you want to just like leave work early and go test? And I was like, yes, thank you, Matt. And we did. And, and it was very calming. And at that point, the only deck I'd play, I had played, which I played on my stream was, is it Drake's? And I just decided this is going to be my deck. And my good friend, Andrew Ellenbogen, my personal magic mentor, also decided to play Is It Drake's. We were both going to play Is It Drake's. This is the Pro Tour Andrew Ellenbogen won, by the way. It is the Pro Tour Andrew Ellenbogen won. Not on Is It Drake's. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so two days later, the day before we're supposed to submit deck lists, Andrew messages me and says, sorry, I'm not going to be playing Is It Drake's anymore. I'm going to be playing Mono White. And I was really sad and betrayed. And I was like, what do I do? I just had this like freak out where I finally settled on Is It Drake's? And I was so happy. But now my friends are switching away from it. And I decided to stick with the deck that I played with. And I played Is It Drake's. And so I played Is It Drake's. All my friends played Mono White. And after round one of Standard at the Pro Tour, they announced um, the metagame breakdown. And from what it looked like, it looked like it was very favorable for Drake's and very unfavorable for Mono White. And so Andrew turned to me at, after round one, I won round one. Andrew, Matt, and Max, all the people on white, all lost round one. Wow. And they turned to me, they were like, Greg, you're a genius for staying on Is It Drake's. And I was feeling <laughs> great about myself. And they were all angry. They were sitting there like, why didn't we stick with Greg? Why didn't we play Is It Drake's? Like, like we should have listened to Greg. I had a very respectable finish in this Pro Tour. I finished nine and seven. I finished above average in standard. I did more winning than losing with my Is It Drake's deck. But... Uh, if you follow the scene, you know the ending of the story, which is that uh, Andrew Ellenbogen is no longer upset that he switched to Mono White <laughs> because Andrew Ellenbogen took first place at this Pro Tour with his Mono White deck. Yes, uh, and Matt Sicking Johnson yeah. was top 16, top 16. With, his, with the same White deck. And Max McVitie, I think, finished around where I did. Yeah. So all three of them had a very reasonable finish. Um, and so here I am going to the next this next pro tour where my good friend Andrew just won. <laughs> what am I going to do? Not play the deck that Andrew's going to play? <laughs> like what a foolish mistake that would be. Like he's going to tell me his up to date sideboarding guide, all his matchup notes. I'm going to be at at the cutting edge of Andrew Ellen Bogan's list. So. so what we know is that you're playing the same list as Andrew Ellen Bogan. Yes, but we cannot say what it is. Sure, but if you follow Andrew Ellen Bogan on any social media. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it will be a very a, easy to figure out what secret. archetype he's oh, playing. If he's saying what it is, then we can say what it yeah. is. Oh, I didn't realize he was very open about it. <laughs> you know, some people are secretive, well, I don't but know, some people are maybe also he'll not. switch it at the last minute. He did I, last yeah. time. He did last time. Yeah, I, Let's just put it this way. From the first land played in the first game, you'll know yeah. what it is. The other thing about my deck list. So if you've listened to me a lot, you know that I'm a diehard white player. White is my favorite color by far, and I love playing white cards. 
Okay, I've been to two Pro Tours. At the first one, I played Green Black. At the second one, I played Blue Red. And this is heartbreaking to me. But I have yet <laughs> to register basic planes at the Pro Tour. My fa- the, the most powerful card in all of Magic. That is... No hyperbole, <laughs> no bully, the best card in Magic, basic planes. Greg, we've had a lot of hot takes on this show. That is probably literally the hottest one. It is on fire is, right now. Uh, yes. Yeah. You and Craig Wesco, BFFs for life. The is burning down from the heat of that take. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I'm on board. I love planes. Yeah. Planes You're, is phenomenal. I mean, I guess it can cast Cleansing Nova and Settle okay. the Wreckage. Yeah, look at, okay. the, look at the last Pro Tour. Look at how many planes were in the top eight of the last yeah. Pro Tour. A lot more than any other basic land. That's for sure. <laughs> so if you were to register planes for this tournament, we're talking about the mono white deck, which we've gone away from red, basically, which was kind of a question at the last Pro Tour, uh, using heroic reinforcements and whatnot, and uh, Experimental Frenzy out of the board. So if we're adding blue, potentially, for Deputy of Detention uh, in this list and giving yourself access to negates and stuff in the sideboard... Um, do you believe that you should just play white and just have that stuff in the sideboard, or do you like the deputy of detention? Um, so I should I'm say, asking for myself personally because I like this deck. Notably, I think it's interesting why Frenzy has become less popular. So the big draw to red was not heroic reinforcements. It was experimental Frenzy. And one of the reasons that this is no longer good is since Wilderness Reclamation is so popular, everyone has enchantment hate. And the control decks have enchantment hate, especially in the form of Mortify, which is a card they keep in anyway. Yeah. So this is supposed to be your card to like stabilize against control decks, but if they have a bunch of enchantment hate, Experimental Frenzy is not going to do the job anymore. Um, so that card's gotten a lot worse. Um, and so instead, we want sideboard options like Negate, um, because pretty much you get you can splash pretty freely with the mana base. It's not too hard to splash one color, as long as you're not being too greedy. Um, and so rather than splashing Experimental Frenzies out of the board, I'm pretty into splashing Negates out of the board. Um, I've, oops, uh, I've played some with Deputy of Detention. I am not currently playing it in my list because, uh, the powers that be have told me that, uh, <laughs> that it's not where we want to be right now. I kind of um, agree with that just from playing with the deck on Arena. I also, I had it in my main deck for a while and sometimes you don't draw your blue sources no, and you want to really curve painful. out and it's really painful where like the negates out of the board will be good even if you have to wait to cast them. Um, and so you kind of get some more time to, uh, to find your negate man. Megan, why do you why don't you ask Greg about your your pet deck and how that's gonna be at the pro tour? Oh yeah, Greg, <laughs> turns. <laughs> How's it gonna go? I I think turns is a very reasonable choice. Do you know what? To be fair though, in best of three, I have been playing Drakes. Okay. So Drake's and Greg so and I fun. did a lot of testing actually on Saturday, um, where I played Drakes and you played Mono White. The yep. conclusion being that Mono White is way better in game one. <laughs> Strong advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that Drakes does have tools in, in games two and three. Absolutely. So and then also we got to do a little bit of testing um with Esper Control, a deck that surprisingly I have yet to play. I found myself really enjoying that. That is not surprising. No, I no, think not no surprising one, at all. And no one is surprised. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the access to Thought Erasure. Just feels... Thought Erasure is so good. Really good. Um, Beautiful card. Because I think, you know, I was playing this white deck that like really needed to hit its payoffs and you could just like take one of my payoffs and without that... Especially on the play when it's just like, okay, on turn two and it's like you win one drop of a 2-1 and I'm like, I know that the best thing that you can do on turn two a lot of times is a Danto Vanguard and it's just like... And I will take that away from you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Good day. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But I do think coming into the Mythic Championship, I think there are a lot of good standard decks right now. And I think there's no clear king, which I think is awesome. I think it's going to (laughs) make a really good watching experience. I think a lot of different people are going to make very different choices for this event. I think mono blue is really good. And I think it maybe used to be the best deck, but now people know about it and can metagame a little bit. And I think that it has a bit more of a target on it. And so I think mono blue won't quite be as oppressive as we might've thought. And then I think mono white, I think red is reasonable. I think Esper control, I think Soltai, I think some sort of Simic Nexus deck. We've been seeing these like, like the Rakdos mid range deck that, um, won won the last GP. Um, I think there's a lot of good stuff out there, and I think it's going to be a really fun weekend with yeah. a lot of surprises from what you're going to see. I'm excited to see how it shakes out for yeah. sure. Yeah, all right, Greg, you got to do good so you can be in the feature match area and people 
good luck high five fans can see you. You know that that's the only reason that I want to do well. <laughs> There's literally no other reason. Like, like, okay, if I do well enough, I'll like get to go to Mythic Championship London. But it sounds like I'm already gonna go to London, and like, sure, it'd be nice to not have to pay for that ticket. Yeah. But no, no, no. I. All I want is to be in the feature match area. That's, that's my dream. You know, most people like dread it. It's very nerve wracking. No, it's awesome. <laughs> All right. You get, to, you get to be in the spotlight. Okay, well, I'm pulling from you fr from the news desk. Thanks a I'll lot. I'll be coming out and checking on you and all yeah. the pirate boys to see how you're yeah. doing, too. So good luck out there, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I can't wait to, uh, it's always nice after rounds, I can like come by and find Megan and Maria and like give them a little high five or like give a nice little smile and a nod if they're working and, you know, maybe like try to stand Classic in the background and like and wave and try to get, get, you know, if I don't do well enough to get onto coverage the hard the way, I can, I can awkwardly wave the easy way. <laughs> if you find me on coverage... <laughs> In the background waving, you have to take a screenshot and tweet it at us. <laughs> All right, everyone, it is time for one of our favorite parts <gasps> of Yay. any pro tour slash now mythic championship. We are going to do a couple of fantasy leagues. Yay. First, we're going to have pick 10 cards, uh, which will go by number of copies that make it into the top eight. And then our top 10 players, which is going to be by the number of points that they earn at this event. So this is run by Hipsters of the Coast. They've got a great website tool yes. called Thousand Leagues. Yes, Thousand Leagues. Leagues spelled the British way. L-E-A-G-U-E-S. How is the American way? Is that also how it's spelled Wait, here? Wait, that's also the American <laughs> way. It does You're seem very British, Spell though. the British and American <laughs> way. Look, it's not not British, okay? So. Great. Great. I, I love it. I could not be more excited for this. As a proud millennial, I'm a lover of all things fantasy leagues. Yes. I'm in an absurd number of fantasy leagues for an absurd number of things, including The Bachelor and a fantasy sumo wrestling league. Wow. So I'm here for this. This is my yes. first time participating, and now I can add pro tour or sorry mythic championship magic magic gathering to the list also we bungled this a little bit last time but this time if you send us an email uh asking us to add you to either or both leagues we can send you and we can add you to that you'll get a little email and you can go and fill out your own pick 10 yeah it, it got with the last tool for the last uh pro tour it got a little tricky with entering both but you will be able to just yes. kind of poke around a little bit um just email us at glhfmagic at gmail.com and we'll enter you into the leagues this time it will work is it glhfmagic is yeah. that our email address yeah 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 <laughs> I know what our email is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just you can play along with us. And then the winner of our leagues will get a prize. Yeah. So last time we couldn't enter people because it was a, my, my mistake. I messed it up. But I want to say that like Marshall won. Rashad won the players. Well, but that's only because he somehow he cheated. picked 20. You can only pick 10 of each, everybody. Yes. Even if it'll allow you to pick more, only pick 10. I think Paul 10. might have won. Maybe it was Paul. I feel like it was. Yeah. So they're probably all going to play with us, too, because they love fantasy leagues as much yes. as the next person. But if they win the prize, we'll go down to the next uh, listener who actually wins. Absolutely. So let's say who we picked and why. Do you want to start with cards or players? Um, let's go with let's go with players first. All right, players All right. first. Are we gonna go one at a time, or are we gonna go through our whole list? We're I think go, our whole list. Our whole okay. list. And by the way, this is not a snake draft. This is we're just gonna straight up pick ten. So if we pick them, you can also pick them. Yes. All right. So I've got uh, Ben S at the top of my list because. Obviously, this guy is amazing at magic, and he's playing arena nonstop. I'm also editing a documentary on him, so <laughs> he's got some great cats. Um, I've got Reed Duke, who I always pick, and I've always like, this will be Reed Duke's tournament. And he, he, you know he gets close a lot of times, so maybe this will be the one. I've got Alexander Hain on there, of course, who's yeah. been playing almost nonstop in arena, was rated number one for a long time with Mono Blue Tempo. He was, he was not on my list. He didn't end up making it, but I very nearly picked yes. him. Yeah, I think he's a solid choice for yeah. anybody. He's just just a monster right now. Pascal Vieren is another one of my choices because of nice. his uh, prowess at Limited. So I think he's going to crush oh. these drafts. He's been crushing the sealed Grand Prix and, and draft Grand Prix that have been uh, happening in the past couple of weeks. Corey Baumeister is one of my picks just because he's got a great attitude yep. <laughs> and he's good at standards. So I'm going to put him on the list. Craig Wesco, because White is a popular deck 
and he'll probably play it at this tournament unless yep. there's something really strange has happened in the universe. <laughs> and he's on our team, Team Good Luck High Five. So yeah. picking uh, uh, Craig Wesco. Uh, Eric Froelich is on my list because, I mean, he's never not a good pick. Yep. Uh, Wyatt Darby made my list because he's been streaming a heck of a lot and is doing really good at it. And he made top eight of an SCG event recently, so Wyatt Darby makes my list, the champion of a recent Pro Tour, Paulo Vigodama de Rosa because he's just always solid, and Matt Sicking Johnson, one of the uh, pirate boys uh, from our show, friend of the show, has been just crushing it lately, uh, yep. top 16, as we mentioned earlier in the show, at one of the last Pro Tours, so there's my list. Greg, awesome. let's hear it. All right, um, so... Uh, uh, I might be a little biased here with my picks. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to pick defending Pro Tour champion, <laughs> uh, personal friend Andrew Ellen Bogan. Okay, yeah, solid pick. My great pick. pick. Very uh, great pick. Like Maria, I'm going to pick the, the current clear favorite of the Pirate Boys, uh, Matt Sickick-Johnson, who's been crushing it recently and has a very good lifetime record at Pro Tours. I think uh, we're going to get a, a return narrative for Rookie of the Year, Ooh. Sam Eilenfeldt. Okay. okay. He's going to have a big showing here, uh, and we're going to hear his name again. Uh, fellow Team Tower member, of course, Daniel Weiser, I think he's going to have a big tournament. <laughs> all right. So You're we not biased at all. we got to pick him. Mm, yep. Um, uh, following up on the Team Tower, Matt Stanky. Our, uh, our our Wisconsin <laughs> representative on Team Tower feel like he's gonna have a big tournament. He's what been a playing name. a lot recently. Hey, what a name, so, kid! Loving that. Um, Max McVitie, close friend of Team Tower, and Andrew Ellenbogen. You know they build decks together, and Andrew's been do do doing so well recently. I feel like now it's really Max's turn to shine. All right, um, fellow friend of the podcast, Max Magnuson will be at this uh, Pro Tour, and it's unfair because Max McVitie and Max Magnuson are almost always considered the same person. Um, so it's unfair. <laughs> fair that I had to use two draft picks on the two of them, but here we are. We don't make the system, uh, Sorry, We just here by the rules. Fellow defending uh, Pro Tour champion Greg Orange. Yeah. That's uh, right. Another Minnesota Magic player. Uh, feel like he's going to go far. Uh, Jackson Hicks, fellow Minnesota Magic player returning to the Pro Tour. Uh, feel like it's going to be a big one for him. And of course, as my 10th pick, there's this like Greg Michelle kid. It's like, uh, I, I, I think it might be Michael, uh, but I, I have to pick myself. Uh, so I got a team Great. full of local players. Uh, don't call me a homeboy, but uh, we're, we're going to go far. <laughs> all right. Great. Great choices. Um, all right. So here's mine. Uh, kicking it off with Andrea Mangucci. Oh, great choice. Um, uh, Italy did fantastic at the World Magic Cup. Uh, I think that he's... Yeah, he's doing a lot of prep work for this tournament. He's always a great player. Uh, so that's my first one. John Rolfe just oh, yeah. always does good at magic. Solid. Even though I feel like people, like, you know. People don't know him as much. People don't know him as much. But they should, because he's super good. <laughs> he's just very good and, like, reliably puts up very good tournament yes. results. Uh, Carlos Romau. Oh, great choice. Um, <laughs> Hall of Famer, a personal favorite player of mine. Yeah. I love watching him play. Um Corey Burkhart did really well at GP Memphis this past weekend. Yep. And I feel like he's one of those people when he's on top of his game, he he consistently like rides that kind of part of the curve really well. So if he's doing well at one event, that usually translates into him doing well at the next. Um, Noah Walker, another perpetual favorite of mine. Um, I think that Noah is a stellar player. I think it's a matter of time only yeah. um, before we see him in a top eight or honestly winning a pro tour. He's just... Fantastic player. Works really hard. Luis Salvato, last year's player of the Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Um, great player. Eric Froelich, I also have on. He's just another player that it's just like, it doesn't matter what decks are strong no. at the moment. It's just like, I feel like he's always got a chance. Yeah. Um, and also, you should check out he and Athena's new YouTube channel. Yeah. It's super cute and super informative. Yes. Um, Greg Orange, I also added on there. There's some solid control decks going around right now, and that's Greg Orange's wheelhouse. Um, so, you know what? Teferi is an incredible control magic card, and I believe that Greg Orange <laughs> Greg will play is the it. person to harness the true power of Teferi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always like to make sure that I'm looking at like region, you know, at, making sure I hit someone from every region. Um, <laughs> Me too. So, uh -huh. Shodi, <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> Shodi Asuoka is a, a pick of mine. Um, again, he also, I feel like, 
is control decks um, are very much in his wheelhouse and there's some strong control or potentially the combo decks with the uh, Nexus of Fate. Yeah. Um, and then I also added Pirate Boy Matt Sicking Johnson. <laughs> Current favorite Pirate Boy, obviously. <laughs> Whatever, man. Sorry, Greg. All three of our lists. I just want you Sorry, both to Greg. know that when you both Sorry, inevitably Greg. qualify for the Mythic Championship, I'm going to draft both of you. Oh, and therefore, you, I feel like, you know, I think the fact that I'm only on one out of three teams is offensive. <laughs> Do you know what, Greg? I felt really bad. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you're supposed to pick Matt over me, but, like, you could pick us both. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we Maria could. and I are. We could. Cold hearted. <laughs> We're spikes after all. We are. Um, yeah. But yeah, solid lists, all three. Uh, I love your regional picks. Um, you can choose to choose however you want with your yes. 10 players. Let's all go right. to cards. All right. So picking 10 cards, copies in the top eight. All right. I've got Nexus of Fate. Obviously, I'm sure our list will be fairly, fairly similar. Adanto yeah. Vanguard, which is one of my favorite cards in standard right now. It's going to make my list. Mortify, I feel like, has a home potentially in a couple of decks. Not only Control, but also if there's an Esper Midrange or a Mardiva's mm -hmm. deck that makes the top eight, it could be in there. Negate, which I think will be very important for a lot of decks out there. Uh, cough, cough, Nexus, cough. Uh, History Banalia, I'm going to put on there as a nod to the white decks. Hydroid Crassus, the card's just too stinking good, and there'll probably be a few decks in the top eight that are Sultai. Uh, Light Ranger, nod to that deck as well. I picked Teferi uh, for control because I guess I've got a uh, Hero of Precinct 1 is kind wow. of my like outside pick that I want to wow. see do well at this tournament. Will he? Probably not, but I'm putting him on my list. And Spell Pierce, my yes. favorite and best card in standard that I've been on Twitter uh, <laughs> my talking goodness, about. Maria. Yeah, yeah, I'm making the case. Spell Pierce, I think it's the best. Wow. All right, Greg. All right, my first pick uh, is. Pteramander. <laughs> I think we're going to see a bunch of copies of that yes. one. Um, History of Benalia, okay. I also chose. Llanowar Elves, I think we're going to see some Llanowar Elves. Um, I put Shock in my list. I also picked Teferi. Uh, Hydroid Crisis, Nexus of Fate, I also had. Um, I chose to go with Opt instead of Spell Pierce. Okay, yeah. But I, I wanted to opt for that one. Uh, and then my <laughs> last two have to be a lean towards Mono White. So I picked Legion's Landing and Dauntless Bodyguard. Great choice. As my yeah. final two options. Opt is probably a better choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I also have Adanto Vanguard yep. rounding it out. It's just such a solid pick. Um, then I have Kaya's Wrath. Ooh, nice. You know, I just love a good Wrath, and I really want those control decks that are running Wraths to do well. Um, Gitu Lava Runner as sort of oh, a yeah. nod we to people who are showing red. up and playing red. Um, Shock. Which I think goes in. We should have picked Light Up the Stage, Greg. Uh, I picked Shock. Yeah, oh, I picked Shock because. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm gonna about to get into my picks that are more ones that feel like covering my bases. Of they go in a lot of decks, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Shock smart. goes in Drakes and it goes in Mono Red. Yep. Um, I also have Charter Course because it goes in Drakes Ooh, and it goes in that Mono Blue deck. One. Yeah, Charter and I love Charter Course. Same with Chemister's Insight. Oh yep. dang it! It goes in a couple of different decks. I regret everything. Uh, Terramander couple of different decks vraska's contempt yep um control decks run it but also all of those mid-range decks that have black yeah. in them are running it jade light ranger and of course all of our friend teferi teferi, yeah. teferi, teferi. may he be a friend to us all <laughs> So once again, if you want to play in either or both of these leagues, send us an email at glhfmagic at gmail.com and just say, add me to the people or the cards or both. Yes. And um, once you've once you've done that, you can also tweet at us um, with the hashtag my league list. Ooh, nice. There you go. My league list. And give us your list of either 10 cards or 10 players. By the way, so you have to it. email us before the tournament actually starts. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Some people last time emailed after the tournament started and get in uh, no. but no you cannot no. I think the cutoff is that Friday or something like that we'll say we'll say Thursday night we right have to, we have to submit our deck lists by Wednesday okay so but we'll give everyone until okay. Thursday Thursday. Okay. Thursday Thursday evening will be the cutoff whatever that means for you so Friday morning I'm gonna I'm gonna call it so <laughs> uh, so yeah good luck everybody out there I, I think it's a super fun way to interact with and you know watch the pro tour extra incentive uh, to track how everybody and all the cards are doing so it's pretty fun yeah uh, if you want to check out the pro tour you can check it out on twitch.tv slash magic starting on Friday going all the way through Sunday in the top eight where we see yeah. Greg at the future match tables. Hopefully. Yeah. Or if you want to follow me at the Pro Tour, I'll be tweeting every round on Twitter. Uh, and if you've been following me for a long time, I just changed my Twitter handle. <laughs> I've been Magic Michael P for a long time. 
big fan of that handle, but a lot of people have said it's confusing. It was quite so bad. Magic really Michael bad. P is gone, and I'm sad to say it, but you can now find me at Twitter at NeverBully. That's never B O L E, uh, which is short for my catchphrase, no bully. Uh, as which in is no short hyperbole. For no hyperbole. Yeah, so, you know, when it's like, when I say things exciting oh. like planes is the best card in Magic, you can follow it up with a nice no bully. To yeah. make it clear that I'm not being hyperbolic. Because so, I'm someone who tends to get very excited and like make extreme statements. Find Greg Same. at Never Bully. B O L E. I'll definitely be following that. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Good Luck High Five. Big thanks again to Amateur Pro Greg for coming on and giving us the DL before the MC. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm always happy to be on the show. I want to say something that I've been thinking about almost since the beginning of the show. Yeah. When we were talking about War of the Spark. It wasn't like Hogwarts because they don't need a candelabra to hold their candles. You mean a candle lear? They do not need a candle lear to hold their candles. They just float. That's true. I've been thinking about that literally this entire time. You would think on the world of Ravnica, there's like enough magic going around that their candles could float too, though. No, what are we but doing not with so. this candelier? Not so. That's no. Nice. not. No. Is okay. that what happened? Nickel Bullish showed up and suddenly like the candles started falling? They needed a candelier. Anyway, what we're saying is thanks for <laughs> thanks for watching and listening. Um, of course, MC coming up this weekend. If you want to find all of our stuff, it's everything is on our website at goodluckhighfive.com. We've got a Facebook page slash GLHF Magic. You can also join the group, which is much better for getting updates from us. So if you're a Facebook user and you actually want to see the content we post, we highly suggest joining the group, which you can find straight from our from our Facebook page. On Twitter, we're at GLHF Magic. Same thing on Insta. And of course, um, yeah, we've got that board games YouTube channel, our and Patreon, our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel. We've got so many different stuff. Yeah. And honestly, this is why we we ask for your support because we're doing so much stuff, and we want you to be able to enjoy it and to continue to enjoy it. So, Patreon Pledge Drive Month goes through the end of the month. Your chance of getting those tokens for free goes through the end of the month. So head on over to Patreon.com/slash/GLHFMagic. It means so much to us, especially right now when we could use the financial support. So once again, thank you to everybody, and you know. See you in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs>